Hello again, my name is Matt, and I am the Director of Worship here at Platwoods United Methodist Church. I am excited to be bringing you a message today about the brokenhearted. Yes, I'll get to why that's exciting here in a little bit. I am, a, I am in my last year of seminary at St. Paul's School of Theology. Yes, you can clap. We, um, when I was talking to Evie about this, uh, about this sermon, um, we joked because she is a musician too, and she knows you're never supposed to give a drummer a microphone. So we'll see how this goes. We are in the second week of our series called Upside Down, when we are focusing on a famous sermon from Jesus that is both in the Gospel of Matthew and where we are looking today, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. We are going to do um, this a little out of order this week because we couldn't pass up doing a sermon on the brokenhearted the day before Valentine's Day. Now, men, this is your last chance. You have one day left. Don't forget Valentine's Day tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I want to start by reading um, and getting back into this sermon and getting back into where we were last week when we were talking about this before. So I'm going to start here in Luke Chapter 6, verse 17. Jesus came down from the mountain with them and stood on a large level ground. A great company of disciples and a huge crowd of people from Judea, Jerusalem, and the area of Tyre and Sidon joined him there. They came to hear him and be healed from their diseases. And those bothered by unclean spirits were healed. The whole crowd wanted to touch him because power was going out from him and he was healing everyone. Jesus raised his eyes to his disciples and said, Happy are you who are poor because God's kingdom is yours. Happy are you who hunger now because you will be satisfied. Happy are you who weep now because you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. May God add a blessing to the hearing, reading, and understanding of this scripture. So let's go back to a couple of key points from Evie's sermon last week. Jesus began his most famous sermon talking about the poor, the hungry, those who weep, and those who are excluded. Not only that, but he calls them happy or bless. This Greek word, makarios, places value or meaning on the lives of people. All through Jesus's ministry, he proclaims good news to those who have been left out or marginalized. We see that laid out plainly in this message. We turn our focus to the third section of this. Don't worry, we're going to get to hungry next week, but happy are those who weep now for you will laugh. Talk about turning something upside down. What in the world is Jesus saying here? Happy, weep, will laugh. Is Jesus saying some old version of turn that frown upside down? Don't cry, be happy. Or the one that I heard growing up, be a man, don't cry. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think Jesus did or would ever say that. This is when we start to see how our translations may be 
a little lacking. Happy are you who weep now because you will laugh. This does not seem to make any sense. That word happy, though, is placing value on lives of people who are brokenhearted, sad, or experiencing grief. It's not necessarily a momentary or sustained emotion. Sadness, though? Sadness doesn't seem like something that I want to value. How many of you like to cry? Well, I'm sure not a lot of you raised your hands on that. Uh, I have heard people say something like, man, I just had, I had such a good cry yesterday. I have heard that, but I don't think people tend to run to experiences that make them sad. This makes me think about the signs hung up all over people's homes. I think you know the ones, three words, they all start with the letter L. Yes, that's right. Live, laugh, and love. I'm not trying to hate on anybody's decoration skills or anything like that. These are incredibly important things. Jesus even uses laugh to counter weeping in his message. But that happens. But what happens when we can't laugh? Do we feel valued? Do we feel alone? Jesus is trying to turn this upside down. Let me give you another example. How are you doing today? Did you say good or fine? Is that how you really are? Oh, but Matt, that, that people are just trying to be nice. You know, it's just a passing phrase that we show a little bit of care for somebody um, when we see them. Sometimes these are passing phrases. But sometimes we only want a quick response or some kind of positive affirmation. This works both ways. We tell people good because we don't want to burden them with our problems. Jesus is speaking to a lie that a lot of us have started to believe. No one wants to hear our stuff. Keep your problems to yourself. This is individualism, and it can be extremely, extremely harmful. I believe Jesus is trying to change this. So ask me, how, I'm do- how am I doing? Well, I woke up late today, um, my car didn't start, my kids were crazy, these bill collectors are calling, um, my parents aren't doing very well. Oh, is that not the answer you thought you would get? We know we have people in our lives that are experiencing this right now. The difficult parts of their life can be so isolating. We run away from sadness. We hide it. We pretend that our lives are perfect. I think this is one of the reasons we are so trapped on social media. We get to curate our lives. We get to decide what people see. They don't have to see our family dysfunction. They don't have to see my vices or hangups. I get to decide what people see. It's addictive. We get to share the happiness, the happiest part of our lives. But I'll ask again, what happens when we aren't happy? What happens when we experience loss? Do we have people to surround our lives for the messy parts? Who is reminding us that Jesus says, I value you in your messiness. 
I see your broken heart. I don't want your fake answer. We do this in church too. We come together and we sing these upbeat songs that are big and fun and meant to praise God. We Don't get me wrong, this is an incredible experience. It gets us ready for a week. We build each other up. The problem creeps in when we aren't ready to sing a song of praise. Sometimes, I know I do, I want to get a little emo. I need to know that I'm not alone. And that's what those songs helped me to see when I was 17, driving my car down a dirt road. It makes me think of the wedding singer a little bit though. You know, when he loses love and he can't be the happy wedding singer anymore and he has to sing, love stinks. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But seriously, these are so, there are songs out there that help us experience a whole gamut of emotions. The book of Psalms is a collection of Jewish poems and songs. Did you know that over half of them are laments? These are songs that, are people, that people use to cry out to God in frustration, sadness, and messiness. Somewhere along the way, we've tried to hide those parts of our lives. We pretend that we have it all together. We don't experience these emotions. We just are happy all the time. I wish I could say that all of our lives are going to be full of laughter, riches, full stomachs, and inclusion. I think that all of us can understand that no matter how much we trust, no matter how much we pray, no matter how happy we are right now, no matter how much money we have, we will not only experience good times. We know that there will be times that we experience loss, struggle, and even death. So what do we do with that? Do we hide it? Do we just fake it until we make it? Let's go back to scripture here. All of these people come to hear Jesus. It says a great crowd. They came from all over. Most of them were not hiding their brokenness. They came because they believed Jesus could heal them. And even if they were hiding, Jesus still saw them. I think we are really scared to let Jesus see us. I think we are really, really, really scared of letting people see us. I know that I am scared, and I'm one of those people who's a painful extrovert. (laughs) I am always willing to get up on stage and talk and be in front of people and do the things. But what am I showing them? I think for the most part, people see my social media image. We are scared to open our lives up, scared that people don't want to see our broken hearts. Scared that if God sees our brokenness, that God and the world will abandon us. How in the world do we get happy, blessed, valued, or the brokenhearted? It's Jesus. Where the world may say they only care about you 
when you're perfect or exactly like they are, Jesus said, I want you in every season. The creator of the universe, the spirit that dwells within you truly sees you and guess what? They love you and there's nothing that you can do about it. There will never be abandonment in Jesus. You will never be alone. We will experience sadness, yes. And Jesus wants us to know that he is right there with us. Just when the disciples thought there was no hope, their friend, their teacher, their rabbi was crucified on a cross. Even in death, Jesus was there. Not only do we have the resurrection, but we are promised that Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit. Even when you feel like you are at your lowest, God is there. This does not mean that we should be instantly feeling great about sharing our deepest, darkest secrets with the world or anything like that. What I believe God hopes that you will do is let go of the shame and the guilt that comes along with being sad, grieving, or just not being okay. Last week, we hosted a courageous conversation here at our church, and it was on depression. We had people who shared their stories about depression, and it was truly incredible to hear them speak and be so vulnerable. If you missed this amazingly important conversation, I hope you will head over to our Facebook page and check it out. Something that I heard that came through that night was fear of being judged or devalued because of their experience. Not only were they experiencing the lowest part of their life, something terrible, something that we almost can't imagine, they were doing it alone. Even though Jesus tells us we aren't alone, if we do not let people in, we may still feel alone. If we believe the words of Jesus, what is our response? We must reorient our values to the values of Jesus. Valued are the brokenhearted. Can you find a group of people that you trust? It may not be your friends yet. Maybe there's too much judgment there. Maybe they're just too close. Can you find someone to be real with? Can you let go of the shame that tells us we are not enough and believe the words of Jesus that says you are worth it all? This is two-sided. Can you be a safe place for others? This means I don't bring my judgment to other people's experience. This can be super scary. You may not be ready for the messiness of other people's lives. We are called to be different though. Christians live and love like Jesus. It is upside down from the world. Simply sitting down and listening to someone may be enough to let them know that they are not alone and may remind them that they are valued and seen. If you are like me, you love to learn when science proves something you believe. Like, I know that something changes when a person experiences something with me, when I am not alone. I know that. In the very core of my being, I know that something changes when I am not alone. When you share your part of, a part of your life with someone else or when they share a part of their life with you, something, fundamentally, I don't know what it is, but it changes. Now, I do not totally understand this experiment, so bear with me here, but there's an experiment called a double-slit experiment. 
You can look it up on YouTube because there's tons of videos on it. Um, as, and as one video puts it, it's the granddaddy of all quantum weirdness. This experiment, scientists shoot electrons through two slits, and they received an outcome that they didn't think was possible. Tiny electrons that were, that were shot through these two slits came up in a thing called an interference pattern. You don't need to know what that is. It's a pattern. But that's not the weird part. They didn't understand why this was happening, so when they tried to set a little thing, a little tool up to observe what was happening, the outcome changed. The very act of measuring, observing, or seeing changed the outcome. We are going to experience things that are tough. We are going to experience loss, sickness, and even death. I know I've returned to this a lot today, but I want you to know, I don't want you to believe that we are a church that believes that just because we follow Jesus, our life is easy now, or that Christianity is some kind of club where we only bring our happy, put together, or Instagram selves. Jesus reminds us that valued are the poor, the hungry, the excluded, and the brokenhearted. If we are people that are wanting to take that seriously, we have to flip this world upside down. When sadness comes, we are not alone. We are reminded that Jesus sees us when people see us, and we are reminded how Jesus sees us when we see others. This vulnerable life is not easy. We can own that. But it is so, so worth it. The world changes when we let Jesus see us. The world changes when we let people see us. Let's flip this world upside down. Will you pray with me? God of crying and laughter, your love is endless. Help us to see those places in our lives that we have shut people out and tried to pretend like we have it all together. Break the chains of shame and guilt so we might let others in. Show us how you see and value so that we can experience this life in communion with those you call blessed. In the name of love, in the name and the love, in the love of Christ, flip this world upside down. Amen.